Welcome. Today we're glad that you are here. We want to begin our service by lifting our voices and our hearts to the Lord in worship. Hymn number 97, as with gladness men of old did the guiding star behold, as with joy they hailed its light leading onward and beaming bright. The light that they saw was that supernatural star in the physical sky. But of course, we know that that only gave direction to the immortal star of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we sing of Him and of His glory, and we want to worship Him this morning. Let's stand pleased to sing. Let's still our hearts, please, now before the Lord in prayer, and as we come to worship the Lord, what joy we need to express from our hearts in prayer and in praise to Him because of that great star that we have been led to by the Spirit of God. 
And there is so much truth conveyed in the hymn that we've been able to sing now. We'll let the truth of those thoughts and words and sentiments, well, they rest in our, our souls at this time. Let's pray, please, for the Lord's blessing on our time. Father, as we enter into a new Lord's Day and this time of worship, we pray, Father, at the very start of our meeting, and we'll be very much aware of the help of the Holy Spirit in our time of worship. Father, I pray that all our hearts will be settled and still, and our minds will not be racing in other directions, but that we will be settled and focused upon the reason that we are here, upon the great privilege and opportunity we have, Father, of lifting our feeble praises, as so often they seem to be, to a God that is worthy, Lord, of so much more than we are able to give. We're thankful, Lord, for that day in our own human experience and history when we were brought to the foot of the cross. Lord, when by the Holy Spirit we were led to call out to Christ in confession of our sin, and we have received Him as our only Lord and Savior. And dear Father, this morning I pray our hearts would be filled with gladness and joy, filled with the peace of God that passes all understanding. Father, pour out richly and bountifully upon every believer today that we might realize that we are not fighting for the victory, but we have the great joy of living in the victory of Calvary's cross and of the glorious resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And Father, as we meditate today again upon the truth of Scripture and the promises of the Word of God, Lord, fix them firmly to our hearts. Do not let the devil come and draw us away and distract our minds from resting upon the promise that we have been given in the Word. And Lord, help us to step out each day rejoicing in the Lord, knowing that our fear has been taken away and that we have only reason to be joyful and at peace in our spirits. Lord, I ask that we would, all believers, we be soul winners, that we would have the joy of sharing our faith and pointing others to our Redeemer. Lord, take away the fear of the face of men. And rather, let us be bold and confident, knowing that we have the authority of heaven behind us. We have the commandment of Christ to go and preach my gospel. And therefore, give us, we pray, the endowment of power from on high, the Spirit of God to open our minds, our hearts, and our lips to speak. And Lord, receive from us, we pray, the praise that is due unto your name and the thanksgiving, Lord, 
for every opportunity we've been given to serve. It might not be in a, a large way. Maybe it's a small way. But Lord, we don't despise the day of small things, but rather we rejoice that it pleases the God of heaven to use us as frail and weak vessels that we are. Thankful, Lord, that You remember that we are but dust. We are frail and weak, and yet we have been redeemed. And in this, Lord, we stand strong in the Lord and in the power of Your might. We thank Thee, Lord, for the joy we have and the knowledge that the armor of God by faith has been given to us. Therefore, make us strong in Christ, we pray today. Ask, Lord, that You would be with those who are without the Savior now and open their minds, open their hearts. We cannot do it. It must be by the divine work of the Spirit. The Lord, do that today, we pray. We ask for those in our congregation who are set aside, cannot be here today because of some sickness or long-term disability. Father, comfort their hearts at this time. Bless them in their spirits. Let them not be cast down, but rather may their, they turn their hearts heavenward and to accept by faith the divine providences of a loving God. So, Lord, hear this our prayer today. Remember those that are still grieving the loss of loved ones. Pour out Your grace upon them and bless them. We're thankful our sister Mrs. Broward is with us today. And Lord, we pray that You would comfort her heart in the recent loss of her husband. And dear Lord, and bless others who are in need because of some practical issue or a spiritual battle. Whatever the case may be, Lord, help us to walk by faith and to trust when we cannot see the way forward and when all seems to be clouded and confusing. Yet we look up to our God by faith and we can rest and trust and be encouraged in the way that we are to go. So, dear Lord, hear our prayer today. Remember believers that are being persecuted for their faith, believers that are in harm's way today. We pray for the ongoing witness of Your people in Israel and in Gaza. We ask for protection upon them, Lord, and that their witness would be strong and bright in this time and that hearts would be open to receive the gospel during such times as this. O oh God, we ask for the salvation of people across the world today. Bring in, Lord, Your own elect, and help us to be used to that end. Bless our missionaries. Lord, pour out a double portion of Your Spirit upon them today. So, hear our prayers. Receive our thanksgiving. And bless us now, we pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Psalm 119, Selection F, and we will stand please again as we sing the Word of God.
Turn with me now in your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31. Deuteronomy 31, we're reading the first eight verses of this portion of the Word of God. And as we know by the context, Moses is coming to the end of his time on earth. Well, the Lord had used his servant, leading his people out of Egypt and all through the wilderness wanderings, but it was not to be that Moses would take the people into the land of Canaan, the promised land. The Lord would raise up another, a Joshua, to do that work. And we read the words that God spoke to Moses in the, near the end of his life. Deuteronomy 31, verse 1, And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. And he said unto them, I am an hundred and twenty years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord hath said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. 
the Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee, as the Lord has said. And the Lord shall do unto them as he did to Sihon and to Og, kings of the Amorites, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that ye may do unto them according to all the commandment which I have commanded you. Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him, In the sight of all Israel, be strong and of a good courage. For thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. May the Lord use and take these words Apply them to our hearts. They will be very helpful for us and a blessing to us in our earthly journey. And I pray as we look at a theme that is taken up in these verses later on in our service that God will write them upon our hearts. Welcome to our service this morning. Very glad that you are here with us in person and joining us online today. We're very happy that you're here. It's a delight and a joy for us to have Mrs. Browett in our service today. We're very happy that you're here. And please, on behalf of our congregation, accept our condolence for the recent loss of your dear husband. It, uh, it is not an easy thing, having been married for so many, many years, to lose a life mate, a loved one so dear. And I know that many in the congregation here have faced that also and so our prayers continue to go up to those that have lost in this past year, those that have been near and dear to them. Very thankful our brother David McAnally is in the service with us today. We've been praying for our brothers. You know, he suffered a heart attack just over a week ago and has now had some further procedures. And David, we're happy that you're here with us, brother, and our prayers continue to go up on your behalf have a thank you note here from our brother. Let me just read it out to you now. Dear Pastor Saunders, I would like to thank sincerely the board and the church family for your faithful praying for me. Knowing you are praying and having God's Word to encourage me has been a great blessing. May God bless you all. Yours in Christ, David McAnally, Psalm 13 and verse 5. So, we thank God for His hand upon His servant. Continue to pray for our dear brother. We know Paul and Marina Briggs. They are working with Ethnos 
used to be New Tribe's mission, and they have been serving in the Ivory Coast and missionaries there their whole missionary life, over 30 years now. And they have been really instrumental in organizing the translation of the Word of God into the Laron language in the Ivory Coast. And so that's been an encouragement as we followed their ministry and their witness. Well, because of health reasons, the last little while they have not been able to be in Africa, and so they have been working from their home in Northern Ireland. And I would like you to pray for our brother Paul. Uh, he is suffering from some health problems now, and I, if you, some of you may have received his email, but I've been in communication with him and Marina, and just want to let you know that uh, we are, we'll let them know that you are praying for them and that we will hold up our dear brother and sister and their family very much before the Lord. We also are thankful for a boys and girls outreach that took place yesterday. Our sister Christine Jew and Sabina Rodriguez, they held a, really a, an afternoon time yesterday for boys and girls in an apartment complex at 4.30 McLevin. And uh, we, I saw some photographs that Brother Kingsley sent, and it was encouraging to see some boys and girls there. And the idea was to introduce them to the gospel and let them do some crafts and so on. And so we're thankful for that interest. And let's pray that God will use that word for His own glory. As we come to the end of this year, and the reading of the Word of God, however you have been following different schedules or programs, each year we have produced a Bible reading calendar for our congregation and for our friends and any others who might like to have a copy of this. And so we are producing one again for 2024. It will be available, Lord willing, next Lord's Day, so you'll be able not to miss a day. As you come to the end of December and your Bible reading, well, we encourage you to really take to heart the consistent reading of the Word of God in your own life, in your own family, that the Lord would take His Word and write it upon your heart. It's not good enough for a Christian just to kind of sporadically open the Bible here or there read a verse, move on, read another verse, skip a week, read a couple of verses. That's not the way to do it. You will not be able to grow strong in the Lord without a consistent, methodical reading and praying over the Scripture. So we encourage you again to set that as a goal for 2024. If you only made one New Year's resolution and that was it, I'm going to read my Scriptures every day, and I'm going to follow by the Lord's grace a good program of reading. Well, that would be a blessing in your own life. And so I encourage you about that and to think very much about it. Please remember our pre-service prayer time today at 5.50 and our evening service at 6.30. And then our Bible study and prayer this week on Wednesday at 7.30, and this will be the last 
prayer meeting of our congregation, certainly the last Wednesday evening prayer meeting of the year, and we have known the Lord's help and blessing, not only of those folks who have been in person, and I certainly encourage you, if you are bodily able, that you get out to the prayer meeting on Wednesday evening. If you're not able, if there's some other circumstance, well, we have the services on Zoom and uh, those folks who are not able to come, they've been making use of that each Wednesday night of the year, and it's been a blessing. My own heart has been encouraged in the prayers of God's people, because quite frankly, friends, if we are not a praying church, then we're not a church that's worth doing anything. We cannot serve the Lord by our own strength. We need to see the power of God and have His direction. And that will be by the New Testament pattern of praying together and believing that we are going to serve the Lord going forward on our knees in prayer. So that's an urgent thing, and that's an appeal for every family. You be sure that you are represented at the place of prayer, and you come with a burden and a heart to seek the Lord and to pray for the needs that we have. So let me encourage you about that for Wednesday night and for every prayer meeting. Now, as we also come to the end of the year, we've been mentioning the last few weeks about some offering appeals we have and the general thought, and it's a good practice to make sure that we have all of our tithes, our offerings, the givings to the Lord up to account before we come to the end of the year. And we want to remember our Christmas card appeal that we have for the Pregnancy Care Center this year, an extra offering that you'd make to the Lord. You mark your envelope and just a PCC, and then we'll be sure that that's directed there, the Pregnancy Care Center. And also, let's not forget about the support for our ministerial students. Some of you have been already recognizing that, and we're thankful for it. And also, the appeal that we have for our new bus that we're raising funds for, for our church and our school, this is an important thing. And you know, as we give our tithes and offerings, it's important that everyone who is a believer in Christ, we give of what the Lord has blessed us with. And that means that everyone in the church, and that means deacons and elders and pastors, every one of us, we give to the Lord of how He has given bounty to us. And we want to serve Him in that capacity. And so if you're a young believer, if you've not entered into the joy of giving to the Lord yet, well, don't miss out on that blessing. It is a great blessing to give to the Lord. And of course, He has told us we are to bring of the first fruits of all our increase unto Him. And that's a blessing that the Lord promises to encourage us with as well. There is a, a sign-up sheet at the back, and we want to make sure that your name is on there by the end of today for our lunch, our international lunch, next Lord's Day afternoon. Our morning service at the regular time, then we're having an afternoon lunch, or lunchtime, and uh, invite your family and your friends. Just make sure you mark down how many folks are going to be coming from your uh, area, and then would you prepare and bring food for yourself and a little bit for a few extras and visitors, that would be very, very good. And then at 2.30 in the afternoon, we're going to be having a, a praise service, and there will be no evening service next Lord's Day. 
And so please keep those things before the Lord. Let's sing again to His praise, number 418. And we'll stand as we praise the Lord. Please turn in your Bibles now to Psalm 31. Psalm 31. 
Psalm 31 and verse 15. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed and let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man, Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for He hath showed me His marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in mine haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. Oh, love the Lord, all His saints. For the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Let's bow, please, in prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask today that we would be settled now in Your Word and that we would have an understanding heart. Lord, open the Scriptures to us, we pray, and we ask that there would be encouragement and help for every one of us, and that, Lord, we would press on and go forward in our daily walk with Christ. Lord, hear our prayer today. Bless us now. Give me help, I ask, from the Holy Spirit. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I want to turn your attention to the final verse on in this psalm today. As we know it well, throughout the course of this year, be of good courage, David prayed, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. I have encouraged us to think upon this verse of Scripture this year, our motto text for 2023. It has been written for us on our daily Bible reading schedule, and so it has been there for us to think about, and then also on our phone directory. And the fact that it has been there, well, I pray and hope that it will be an encouragement as we will have committed it to our memory. Sometimes we 
see these things around us so often, and maybe they become a bit like a blur, and we don't really take them to heart and commit it to our lives. Well, if that has not been your case, or if you have not memorized Psalm 31, verse 24, well, then review it in your own mind and heart. And I pray it will be there to encourage you and to strengthen you. Be of good courage, and God, He shall strengthen your hearts, all ye that hope in the Lord. In any given day, there are matters that can discourage even the the strongest heart for Christ. This is a constant battle, and we must not overlook it or minimize the daily challenges that we have. And the reason why we must be alert and aware for this is because discouragement zaps the power and the joy from our lives. It limits the usefulness and often leads us to seek for distractions from other ways to relieve the pain or relieve the anguish that we have. And the problem with doing that is that when we go to other remedies, it takes us farther and farther away from the very remedy and the help that we will find. And that is in the Word of God and resting on the promise that the Lord has given to us. So let's be reminded again of the immense value of intentionally taking the promises of God and applying them by faith to our own lives. In Psalm 31, David pours out his heart to the Lord, and he does so rejoicing in what he had in God. He laments his own failures, but he is also praying for the protection of his own life, his own family, his own nation against those who would seek to destroy him and them. Every step that he took, he knew that the devil was against him. David knew that the Messiah was going to come through his earthly generation. He was given that promise by the Lord. And how an earthly man would bear up under such a promise is a most amazing thing, but he could not have done it by himself. He did it because the Holy Spirit was in God's servant. And David knew that every turn, at every turn, when the devil would try to raise up a physical enemy to come against him to destroy him, the greater intention was to destroy God's greater purpose in sending the Messiah, the Deliverer, to earth. The devil has always been at the business of trying to destroy God's work and God's purposes. It was nothing new from the Garden of Eden, nothing new in the days of Moses and Joshua or of David's time, nothing new in the days of the prophets and of the minor prophets. And certainly as we come to the New Testament, we saw that Herod's intention 
when he found a king had been born was to destroy that king which could have caused any threat to his empire and his ruling. And so, he commanded that all the children would be slain two years and under from the time that the wise men had come seeking for the Lord. By grace and by God's gift of faith, David remained intact because he knew the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints. He knew the doctrine of the preservation of the saints. Those who have been born again of God's Spirit, who are truly saved, will never lose their salvation. God's Spirit, who has applied the work of Christ effectually and completely to our lives, it means that once we have been born again, we will never be cast off and lost. We will never be in hell. And yes, we have many occasions in life, we've already been speaking about that, and David highlighted that of the enemies that came against him relentlessly. And believer, in your life, you also have enemies that come against you relentlessly day by day, and the attack sometimes becomes so overwhelming that you wonder, am I going to make it through? Do not lose faith. Because the God who saved you is the providential and sovereign God who has promised, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You will make it through to the end. You will be brought into the presence of your Redeemer. If Christ comes back before you die, He will receive you up to Himself. But if we die before our Lord comes back again, ah, believer today, let us never be discouraged and cast down, wondering if we will have our faith, if we will have our salvation to the end. No, there is absolute certainty in that. Not because you are wise in your thinking or the application of the Word to your heart. Not because you're a good student of the Word. Not because you're smarter than someone else. No. But because Christ has died for you. He has applied His work of atoning salvation to your heart and life. And because we have received that by faith into our life, then we know it is well, it is well with my soul. I will never be separated from my God. Today, friend, believer, rejoice in that today. And in that spirit, and in that heart of rejoicing, David concludes this psalm with this great word, be of good courage, and God shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. I want us to think today about this good courage renewed for us. Renew today, and renew tomorrow, and renew the next day, and renewed in your life every day until 
it comes to our last day. Let's notice, please, in the first place today, this good courage understood or defined. How can we get a, a proper grasp on what is meant here? Well, we must start by understanding the translated word that we have, courage. It comes from a Latin word that means action or the acting of the heart. We sometimes define a person of courage as a person who has strength of heart. Not strength of mind in the first place, not strength of body, but strength of heart. The inner man, the spiritual man, a courageous man would be said sometimes to have a heart like a lion. They would be ready to respond in any circumstance. They would have maybe natural bravery. And that's not a bad thing in any way. It can be a very good thing in many circumstances. I mean, you would be very happy for the bravery of a firefighter to go into a burning house and rescue you or your family members. You'd be very happy about the bravery of a, a motorist that pulls by and your car is on fire and you're trapped in the car. If they're going to come and open the car, risk their own life to rescue you, you would say, I'm thankful for the natural bravery of that individual. A spontaneous reaction in an emergency situation. Many of us would, would fear to enter into such a circumstance but we are thankful for those that have that courage that we say is natural. And yet we're looking to define something here in this psalm, in this verse, that is called good courage. And in Psalm 31, it is not physical strength that is being talked about here. It is not mental determination. But it is something that is much greater than that. It is spiritual confidence. It is a spiritual fortitude. Something that is, well, grounded upon the truth of God that has been revealed in His own holy Word. Saints that have possessed this biblical courage, have often been the very weakest people in their body. And yet, even though they have been overcome by weakness of their body, physically, some disease, not able to do the things that other people do, maybe they have lost their vision. I think of the life of Fanny Crosby, who has given to the church so many precious hymns she was born with her eyesight, but because of some medical procedure that took place in her life, she was blind from a very early age, and she never regained her eyesight again. And yet it was ultimately because of that disability of blindness, of a physical weakness, that she showed herself to be strong in the Lord. 
and she showed herself to be one who was of this good courage, and she took that to encourage so many of us by the hymns that we have in our own hymnal to this very day. Yes, weak in body. Friend, you may find yourself today weak in your body, but that does not mean anything. That does not take away anything from being strong in your faith, from being one who possesses what is called this Christian and godly and good courage. Do not be deceived by appearances, friend. Oftentimes those that boast of great strength or maybe boast of their, their great courage, when the test time comes, they may be the first one to run away. They may become very weak and show themselves cowardly in the day of adversity. No, it's not, it's not going to be that kind of strength. Judge not by outward displays, because the measure of this good courage and its definition is by the spiritual behavior that is coming forth under pressure and maybe under disability. It's called good courage as opposed to maybe not so good courage or bad courage. But what does this mean? If a Christian, for example, takes a stand on an issue that they think is right, and they have counted the cost of, well, what might happen to them, they may conclude that they are courageous for truth. But if they have gone about their stand in a way that is shown to be unbiblical or uncharitable, then their good cause, their good intention is undermined and their supposed courage is misdefined and becomes more like determined stubbornness. This is what we want to be very, very careful of. Let us all be aware that our right cause is not ruined by being bad ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. Ah, friends, we are called to walk with Him we are called to serve Him. We are called to be faithful unto the Lord. And in our stand for truth and righteousness, we want to be sure that we're going about that in the right manner, the right method, because a lot of damage can be done in the work of God when things are taken up thinking we're standing according to the courage of the Word of God, and yet we find that the Spirit is wrong. I mean, you think of, of James and John when they were seeking God to have fire come down from heaven upon Samaria just as Elijah the prophet called fire down from heaven. They were looking at a biblical principle. <laughs> they were taking what happened in the Old Testament and now they're going to apply it to this other situation. But the Lord turned to His servants and said, you don't know what spirit you're of right now. And so easy it is for carnality to come into our 
circumstance. And maybe we think we're doing something according to the stand for righteousness and truth, but we have to examine our own hearts. We have to examine the procedures and the steps that are being taken. And we always, dear brothers and sisters, want to be sure that we are stepping forward in the will of God and with the mind of Christ and with the heart of Christ in what we are doing. It's so very, very important. Let us be sure that our stand for truth is not going to be ruined by being bad ambassadors for the gospel message. So, there is an exhortation here that we're given because it very distinctly says, be of good courage. Now, this command or this exhortation, it's coming from David because he is the the writer of the psalm. But we who understand the Scripture and know that the Bible is not man's composition. It is given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So it comes from a man's pen, but it is from the Lord and by His Spirit. We ask a question though, why should you, why should I be of good courage? What's the impetus behind this? Because quite frankly today, maybe you don't feel very courageous. Maybe you feel rather cowardly as a Christian. Maybe you feel today very weak of strength. Maybe you think, I'm the farthest thing from being filled with the courage of the Word of God today. In fact, maybe you feel that you'd be the first one to flee if any problem would arise. Your present reality, it gives many reasons in your mind that you, you, you should be running the opposite direction. If, if you were called right now as a believer to take your stand for the Lord, to be filled with the courageous spiritual courage that David's talking about, to stand for Him, maybe you think, I'm, I'm not walking with the Lord right now. I'm not, I'm not in a good place right now. I would be the one who'd be running first to get away. So you're asking the question in your own heart, why should I be of good courage? I I don't see any reason for that in my own heart. I want to tell you why. We should be of good courage today because this is based on the Lord's authority. It is based on the command and the precedent that has been set in Scripture. Yes, David is the one who authored it. He said, be of good courage. He's exhorting his people. But where did that exhortation come from? From David's head? No, my friends, it came from the Scripture, from the Word of God. Because God commanded this to Moses We have read it in Deuteronomy 31. That very word, God said to Moses, be of good courage. He said it to Joshua in the opening chapter of that book. And I say this, that God speaks that word to every one of His people. 
In every generation, we have all received that same command from the Lord. Yes, David was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And when this admonition was given, it was from his personal experience with God from the days of his own trouble. And when he saw the reality of taking God at His own Word. And that's where he could rest. And that's where he could be joyful. And that's where he could be at peace and content. The authority that you and I have today to be of good courage, it is based upon the promise that God will deliver us and the promises that He has made to others. This is the firm ground upon which we are to venture. It's not by chance or by some positive thinking, but it's by grace and through faith. For we are to walk each day by faith and not by our our human sight. That fails us so many times. We're so short-sighted when it comes to our day-to-day walk, aren't we? And there are other things that we just can't, we can't see what's going on. We don't know what the next day is going to bring. But therefore, we come back to the biblical definition of what this good courage means. But let's move on and think about the, the promise of strength that is here given. We all know what it means to stand in need of being strengthened in our hearts. Because we are are weak in many ways, and a weak heart really incapacitates, even in a physical sense, to do the natural things. If a person is double-minded, or if they have a divided heart, then they're not able to function or to do things they're supposed to do. But when it enters into a Christian's life and we find ourselves with a divided heart, then we're not going to be able to accomplish the will of God and to live for our Savior. But the courage and strength of heart that goes hand in hand here, it is at first given to us as an exhortation or a commandment in Psalm 31, 24, It's given to us that way, but then there comes a promise that there is fulfillment for this command given. And in this, you and I today are able to be overcomers. You might ask, how do I obtain this strength to live above the world? Where does it come from? And the answer is so clear in the Scripture that the strength comes from the Lord Himself and alone from Him. He will accomplish His will and His end in the life of you, believer. He will accomplish that in me. And it's not going to be by our own inner strength and ability. It is going to be by the Spirit of God and the power that He gives us within. And that comes by waiting upon God, by laying hold upon His promises and seeking Him, using the very tools that God has given to us, His own precious Word. 
Faith is the great means of victory over our sin, over the world and the flesh and the devil. And the Lord gives to us that strength of heart, and that will come by walking in the Spirit. Because as we do, we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That means that in a Christian's life, if we're going to know the power of God, there must be constantly about us a spirit of watchfulness. We can't get dopey or lazy or sleepy in our Christian walk. There has to be, as the exhortation of Christ gives to us, we have to be watchful about the way we're going, about the Word of God and the commands He's given to us and how we are to put that into practice. And if we are not aware constantly of the subtlety of Satan, we're going to stumble and fall. He is a master at deception. I was speaking to a lady last night, and she was expressing some burdens and concerns and thinking about the way the devil is so deceptive. And yes, I said to her, he's had a lot of practice from the beginning of time. And he knows the weakness that human beings have. And we are no match for him. And with the subtleties and the temptations that he will put down and those steps he will use, not coming at us always in a frontal attack, but using other circumstances, sometimes other people, And it can be very sneaky. And we have to be very watchful, brothers and sisters. Not that we will be duped by the evil one. As we are on guard, on our post, watching. Now, I shared with you recently of what it was like to be in South Korea and to go up to the border of North Korea and to observe the intensity of the protection and the guarded spirit that those soldiers and the whole country is under continually. They are actually still at war with North Korea. There has been no peace treaty signed. This is a constant vigilance that these people must have. They are on guard 24 hours a day, just waiting for the next indication of an attack. And is that not the way you and I are to be as believers? We're to be on guard always. We can't let the guard down because as soon as that's going to happen, the devil will be digging a tunnel underneath and he'll be looking to spring up someplace to surprise us and attack us. And so the Christian in being watchful, we must also, as the Bible tells us, to mortify our members. What does that mean? It means that as we're exhorted to put to death the old nature, the old man, we are to realize that as long as we're in this earthly body and journey, that we have to be constantly dying unto ourselves. Oh, the flesh hates that thought. And whenever you engage or think about doing something spiritual, Well, the flesh will rise up and give you a thousand and one reasons why that's not a good idea right now. Maybe later, but not right now. And the devil in his subtlety, he comes to us by those type of tactics. But we're called believers to put to death 
our old ways and the flesh, to mortify our members. And what that means is that we are not going to give ourselves over to the temptations of the devil. We're not going to just bow down and let him run over us. But again, that mortifying grace that comes to us is a grace that is outside of self and is a grace that is given to us by the Lord. And we can rejoice in that today. And so, believer, we can stand and say, Lord, it's not of me. I have no power in this battle, but I lay hold upon the power that You've given to me. And I'm going to take the Word, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and I want that in my life to be a great defense and an offense. And believer, we must be careful to be watchful, to mortify the flesh, and to guard our thinking. Oh, how important is this? To guard your thoughts, to guard your thought life, to be careful where you allow your thoughts to go. Because that is where the devil begins with his temptations. That's where he comes to plant a seed in our thinking. And if we, that thought that is brought in is not a sin. That thought is a temptation that is placed there. But the question is what we do with those thoughts. Because as soon as we begin to dwell on that thought, we embrace it and we pull it to ourselves and it becomes our thought then. And once that happens, it becomes our sin. And the more we dwell on that, and it develops in not just a sinful thought, but it can in a very short number of steps develop into a sinful action. And my, when that happens now, we're in deeper trouble. Because then that sinful action, if it is not dealt with immediately, becomes a repeated action. And then it becomes a habit. And my dear friends, we are then a long distance from mortifying the flesh, putting it to death. And it becomes then a testimony that is in jeopardy of being ruined completely. That's why it's so important for us to guard our thoughts. Because our thoughts lead to our desires. Desires lead to motives. Motives lead to actions. So, let's pray in our hearts, all of us, that, Lord, I want to know the strength that there is to be of good courage. I want to have and know this in my life so that my thought processes will be, will be directed in the right way. It's measured not by the world, it's outside of ourselves. For we're told that He shall strengthen your heart. God is the doer behind this. He is the motivator. He is the strength behind this. God is the one who will strengthen our hearts in every time of need, for every battle for truth, 
in every time of temptation, in every trial that comes to us during our times of service, the Lord has made this promise that He will strengthen us. Because sometimes you will face those temptations. You just have to say, Lord, I have no might nor strength against this enemy. They will overwhelm me, as the devil always would. But the Lord puts a hedge around His people. And it's a good thing to pray, Lord, encamp around me. The angel of the Lord has made that promise. The Savior is the one who is our keeper. We're not sufficient for any of these things in ourselves. And our dependence is upon the Lord. And so we will pray daily for the infilling of the Holy Spirit to combat temptation and sin, knowing that we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. But friend, if sin, if some sin has gained control in any area of life, do not delay in getting that put right. Don't use procrastination when it comes to these matters. It is so important that we, we take dead aim on those areas in our life. Yes, when we gather around the communion time, the word is, let every man examine himself. And that's a good exhortation when there was abuse in the communion table time where people were coming to feast and eat and so on and drink and other people were not having food to eat. That was in the church in Corinth. Yes, the Lord says, you've got to examine your practice. You've got to examine the way you're coming to do this. But there's also good application for us there that we would examine our own inner spirits to be sure that there is no root of bitterness. There is no sin that's lurking. We're not trying to cover over something and still go through a communion time as if all is well. No, friend, let's, let's be sure we deal with these matters in our own and confess them to the Lord. And, and pray, Lord, that You will cleanse my mind and my heart. You will wash me, wash my spirit. And we are promised that we have the washing of the water of the Word of God, purifying our thinking and helping us in every step. We know that Christ has shed His blood on Calvary. We know that He has forgiven our sin. We know it is well with our soul. And so we come to Him in the time of our failure and we say, Lord, cleanse my mind again. Wash me that I will be clean. We thought about the definition of this good courage and where the strength comes from. Uh, but David doesn't leave it there. He concludes with a hope that is everlasting. And the possessing of a real and substantial hope in God is, well, it's the anchor to our souls, especially when the full force of a storm, a satanic storm, might be against our soul. And we wonder, am I going to be able to get through, Lord? Maybe, believer, someone here, someone online, you're, you're facing that storm right now and it's hitting your life full, full force. And you think, I cannot stand against this. I don't think I'm going to make it to the end. Ah, but believer, whenever we come to the weakness of our own spirit in a situation like that, let us turn our eyes heavenward and know that there is a hope 
that comes from the strength of the Lord in us. And that hope is an everlasting hope that we have. It's an anchor to our soul. It's something that we can rest on and be thankful to God. He gives it to us in every time of our need. Ah, friend, today, let us possess that with joy. Let us possess that with all the confidence that is given to us in the promise of the Word of God. The Apostle Paul said, if in this life only we have joy, then we are of all men most miserable. And the word for miserable there is without mercy. We don't have the mercy from God left without mercy and therefore under the full weight of the wrath of God. Ah, my dear friends, today, this whole verse of Scripture is surrounded in the hope that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ and what He has accomplished for us. And the glory that is our anticipation and hope, it comes because Christ is our Redeemer. He is our Savior. He is our friend. And we belong to Him. And today, He belongs to us. And when we know that Christ is the hope of glory for us all, then we must keep the right perspective. And that means looking always to His kingdom and glory that is coming. Looking to the Savior's return. We are now to lift up our eyes heavenward for our redemption draws nigh. So I ask the question for all of us, has this truth equipped us during 2023? Has it been our confidence, our strength? Have we been of good courage this year in the Lord? How many times we have to say, Lord, we've let you down. Praise Him today. The Lord never lets us down. He never fails us. And He has promised never to forsake us. And it's because God is with us that we have this great hope always in front. It's because Christ is the captain of our salvation. It's because the Holy Spirit in us is greater than He that is in the world. And that today is our hope. And what will this courage and strength and hope from God do for us? Well, I leave you these four thoughts, the points behind me on the wall. To make us resilient. To stand up for the honor of Christ in our day. The time is here. The situations demand it. Our life in this world demands this. And that we will be not ashamed of Him but rather stand for His honor. This truth will give us fortitude not to surrender to the devil. It will equip us to persevere against the most shocking, shattering, and severe of our circumstances in life. It will enable us to continue faithful in the cause of our Savior and no matter what the outcome. Because it's one thing for us to say, I'll be courageous in the Lord if 
it works out to how I esteem success will be. But supposing the command is be of good courage in the Lord and things are going to get worse, what then? That's where we say, Lord, I'm in Your hands. You do with me what You will. But I'm going to stand just like the three Hebrew children did. King Nebuchadnezzar, if you deliver us, that's good. But if you don't deliver us, that's good. Because we are in the hands of our God. He is able, but we will trust in Him no matter what. They were three young men that were of a good courage in that day as they stood before and facing death. And so, believer, you and I are able to stand in this day and having done all to stand, having put on the whole armor of God. But I end with just this thought toward any here who are not believers today. You don't know Christ as your Savior or you're not sure if you know Him. Well, I say to you today, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And you can know Him. You can pray right where you are now. Lord, be merciful to me, the sinner. and Confess your sins to Him. And He will come into your heart and He will forgive you of your sin. He'll heal your soul. He will give you the gift of everlasting life. And friend, that gospel truth and message is for you today. We're going to sing a hymn in closing. It's not in our book. Courage, brother, do not stumble, though the path be rough. Let's stand, please, as we sing this hymn.
Father, we pray that this precious Scripture will be ingrained upon every believing heart, and that, Lord, we will know the day-to-day communion of the Holy Spirit, reinforcing the truth to every heart, and that, Lord, we will not be the plaything of the devil to be just pushed around or battered back and forth, but we will be strong in Christ, and that we will have that testimony and know that joy of that good courage that we have in Christ Jesus. So part us, Lord, now in your fear, with your rich blessing, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.